This is Cast Club Radio. Brought to you by Heritage Distilling. On Cast Club Radio, we believe every spirit has a story. And stories like good drinks are always better when shared with friends. Each week, we'll explore the intersection of cocktails, spirits, beer, wine, and life. It's Cast Club Radio. Here's your hosts, Lydia Cruz and Justin Stiefel. Good afternoon. Welcome to another episode of Cast Club Radio. Thanks so much for joining us. My name is Lydia Cruz. And I'm Justin Stiefel. I'm Maura Dooley. Bring us here. Yeah. Great weather. Yeah, we've been uh, we've been pretty spoiled here lately. This sunshine, the weather is great. It's baseball season officially, and also some exciting things going on at Heritage as well. Yeah, well, I think we deserve this weather after what we put up with in February. Yes, so I just, agree. Agree. Well, yeah. So today we're very excited. We're launching uh, in partnership with the folks at Sea Bear a new BSB smoked salmon. Sea Bear has been a longtime family business in the Pacific Northwest. They were the first to make the pouched smoked salmon. It's famous if you go to Costco and you see that big gold foil pouch of smoked salmon, the whole filet. That's the Sea Bear product. And they approached us to make a BSB smoked uh, salmon for them. And we're launching it today. We've got a party. Um, we're As soon as we're done here, head up to the, the uh, Capitol Hill Distillery for Heritage Distilling. Do samples for folks, and then uh, people will be able to get uh, this BSB smoked salmon at all the Made in Washington stores and nationwide through major retailers. So we're very excited. I know we've got Mike Mandello from Sea Bear coming on a little later in the show to talk about it. Yeah. What about those two flavor pairings just makes for a nice harmony? Uh, the sweetness of the BSB and then the smoke treatment that they put on and the quality and attention, the detail of, of their product has been top notch. So we were honored that they approached us and we're excited to help bring it to the masses nationwide. Love it. Well, as you mentioned, we will speak to Mike Mandela later in the hour, hear more about it, uh, make our mouths water a little bit. But <laughs> first, what's going on in the headlines this week? Well, you know, people who produce all types of consumer products are looking for a way to differentiate their products. So uh, a new champagne brand called Infinite 8 has launched a vintage champagne housed in a white bottle that turns to pink when it's chilled to the correct temperature. So we've seen this in the 80s and 90s with the shirts that change color with temperature, Coors Light, the mountains turn blue at 42 degrees. So this particular brand now has this pink color changing bottle. The champagne maker comes out of Villa Domage near uh, Reims in France and will be launched in Japan in end of March and in France in April and will probably make its way over here to the U.S. shortly thereafter. Yeah, if anybody's wondering about the actual technology behind it, it's a plastic film coated with a thermoreactive varnish, which responds to cold temperatures. And so when it's exactly at the right, uh, within, what, 2 degrees Celsius, 8 to 10 degrees Celsius temperature, a pink music note and butterfly pattern is revealed. So I think it'll be pretty cool visually, but of course, it, it comes back to the product. If it's not actually good champagne, then you're probably out of luck. <laughs> That's right. And I can see uh, ladies uh, using it as, you know, one of the accessories for how they dress when they get ready to go to a party. You know, make sure it matches your shoes or belt or dress or whatever. (laughs) What else is going on in the headlines? Well, I love this story. We we ran across this. This comes out of Pittsburgh. We're in the middle of Lent. For Catholics out there, Lent will run until Easter. An Ohio man is giving up something unusual for Lent, and that is he's given up everything except 
beer when it comes to what he needs to drink. Wow. Dell Hall works at 50 West Brewing Company in Cincinnati. He says he's only going to drink beer until Easter Sunday. He says he's also going to give up all food. I'm not sure how that's going to go. He says, I'm nervous. I'm very nervous. I've only fasted for four days. He has to look forward to a full 46 days. He points back to the uh, what the monks did in the 1600s when they would fast during the season by having only a beer diet. He said their l- beer was liquid bread, and it basically would sustain them for 46 days. He's got a whole thing on social media where he's also tracking his weight, and uh, he says he's an Army veteran. He was number one in his class in the Army. He runs a full marathon, and he's just curious to see how his body reacts to this. So we wish him well. Uh, we don't necessarily <laughs> encourage this but it will be fascinating to watch. I just think about when I've had a drink on an empty stomach and and you're like, whoa, I need some food right now. Mm -hmm. Like I cannot, I don't know how you can do that for that long. Maybe, maybe you, yeah. I'm just glad that it says he'll be checking in with the doctor the entire time. So good news, good news there. That's right. Now, I think I actually won up him this year because this year for Lent, I gave up fasting. And uh, (laughs) so far, I've been 100% successful today. Attainable goals. Yeah. (laughs) That's right. Next up, in Virginia, and this is a great program. I hope this program goes nationwide. You two especially have experience being in the bar, uh, working and being patrons. This comes to us from MSN. In the state of Virginia, bars are advising women who are in trouble to, quote, ask for Angela. It's an attempt to aid women who feel unsafe at bars if they're solo or on dates. 22 bars in Arlington, Virginia, have introduced this Ask for Angela program. If a woman feels as though her she's in danger, she simply asks the server if they can speak to Angela. The server then will reply that the atmosphere is too loud and suggest that they talk in a different place where they then will walk them somewhere in the bar that is more safe. Uh, I think this is a great program, and uh, I think folks should come up with their own type of uh, regional uh, support mechanism so that uh, everybody is safe when they go out to uh, bars and restaurants. Absolutely. We always uh, always like to hear about positive stories in that direction. Safety is key. And as people who have gone out and I don't know, I've, there's times where I felt at least borderline unsafe. This uh, this makes me yeah feel real positive that there's change happening. Yeah. And when I was bartending, sometimes you could see that someone was being harassed and Mm -hmm. you'd step in and try to help. But sometimes it's not as clear. So having this program in place so that if maybe they're uncomfortable saying something at the moment, they can do it kind of in secret and get some help, I think is a really good idea. Yep, I agree. Coming up on Cast Club Radio, we're in the thick of March Madness here now, and there's day games, so maybe there's uh, some day drinking that's happening, day cocktails you want to have. So next on Cast Club Radio, we've got the most popular all-day cocktails, according to Nielsen, depending on the time of day. It's next on Cast Club Radio. Welcome back to Castle Radio. Thanks so much for hanging out with us on this fine Saturday. In just a couple minutes, we'll talk to Mike Mandelo of Seabear Salmon to talk about the brand new BSB smoked salmon that we are all so excited about. But first, we're in the midst of <laughs> already making mouths water. We're in the midst of. I've March. had it already. I, I can attest to it. <laughs> 
We're in the midst of March Madness right now. Hopefully everybody's bracket is still uh, safely intact today, or at least the mo- the big parts. But that always is a good occasion to maybe have a daytime drink, a daytime cocktail as all of this fun basketball games are going on. Also got us thinking about the most popular all-day cocktails. This is a list we found courtesy of MSN. This is the most popular all-day cocktails according to Nielsen. That's right. According to MSN, they say that terms like eye-opener and nightcap and aperitif and digestif, they all exist for a reason. They're all suited as beverages for different times of the day. But how exactly do Americans choose to select their drink of choice based on the time of day? The folks at Nielsen, they're out there studying all sorts of data, collecting it and compiling it. And for some reason, they came up with this data, the top five cocktails for every day part. So the first day part, 6 a.m. to noon, they list the five most popular cocktails some are obvious i think everybody who's listening to this or in their car or whatever obviously six or seven or eight a.m if, if you're going to order something what are you going to order what comes to mind first mimosa or bloody mary mm-hmm. mimosa or bloody mary Classic okay so go-to. that was I think those are the ones you don't one feel guilty two. about at that time right like yeah. those, those are breakfast that's right. drinks <laughs> that's right usually bloody mary is because maybe you have a hangover from the night before mimosa mm-hmm. is more of a kind of brunch champagne type type thing number three surprised me Margarita. I've yeah. never seen anyone order a mar- margarita in the morning. That early? Maybe I, like on vacation in Mexico? Yeah, I, I will say, <laughs> yeah. yeah, on a Mexico, it's a very brunch-ish drink, though. I could see that translating well into a brunch drink. So, I don't know. That doesn't that doesn't shock me as much as I think, I think it would. But Yeah. Number four was Bellini. Now, that doesn't surprise me either because it's really kind of a riff off of a mimosa and True. usually served in the mm-hmm. same kind of champagne flute. It's like a peach Number mimosa. five surprised me. Peach, peach yeah. <laughs> Number five surprised me, the old-fashioned. Yeah. I've never yeah. had the urge to order an old-fashioned in the morning. That's definitely either. more like my happy hour drink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next up, from noon to 6 p.m., number one on the list, the margarita. That makes sense, especially during happy hour, especially in the summertime. Mm-hmm. Number two, I was a little surprised by the martini. I think of martini as uh, really an evening leading up to dinner drinks. So that, that did surprise me. Yeah, I guess maybe, like you said, it, it is on happy hour menus. So maybe that's when people grab it. But I think of that as more of a dinner drink, too. Yeah, right after work, maybe they're grabbing yep. one. Number three really surprised me, noon to six. I guess if you've got brunch that creaks them into the one or two, 2 p.m. hour, the mimosa fits. But this says mimosa is number three for that noon to six runtime. Yeah. Uh, number four, the old fashioned, and number five, the Bloody Mary. Wow. There it is Those again. Breakfast drinks just don't go away. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> okay. Evening to midnight, 6 p.m. to midnight. Number one and number two, again, were the margarita and the martini in that order. Classic. Uh, number three, mm-hmm. the old fashioned. That makes sense to me. How about you? Yeah. Old-fashioned? Yeah. Number four, the Moscow Mule. It ah, has, uh, a newcomer to the list. It's come back official. That's right. <laughs> uh, and number five, the classic mojito, which I know bartenders hate making because <laughs> of all the muddling. Yeah, you might get a few glares uh, for that one. but Not just the muddling, but it's also really hard to keep mint fresh i always felt like it would it would be fine for a few days and then the next thing i'd be running up and downstairs trying to find the freshest mint and then it'd be like yo it's actually all the mint's bad sorry sorry Can't make you a <laughs> <laughs> yep and then lastly in the midnight 
to 6 a.m. day apart. Number one, martini. I get that. Mm-hmm. Number two, the first time on the list, the Long Island uh, iced tea. I think mm, the Long Island Now we Island see the objective changing. Is, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Long Island iced tea is another phrase for the word regret. And uh, <laughs> the fact that it is popular between midnight and six makes sense. That's when um, people, I think, already have a little liquid courage and they're like, yeah. you know, just give me the yes. strongest drink Might possible. As well. <laughs> I'm already well. in. <laughs> That's right. Number three, the margarita. Number four, the old fashioned again. And number five, the Moscow mule. So, what surprised me about the midnight to 6 a.m. list were two things that did not appear. One was tequila shots. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I feel that is most appropriate. And number two, anything with Red Bull, especially vodka Red Bull. Yeah. So these are mostly well-known or at least some of them mostly established cocktails. And what really also surprised me is that margarita is on all of these lists and it doesn't fall below number three. Yeah. So the fact that uh, yep. people are, it's in people's top three preferences, no matter what time of day, uh, really speaks to to, to that drink and the desirability. I'm glad I'm to see that. I'm also surprised we didn't see rum. Yeah. Any kind of... No rum on the list anywhere. Rum drink. Rum and Coke. Yep. Are there any Although, that aren't on the list that you guys would go for for your late night cocktail? Uh, two fingers of rye whiskey with one ice cube. All right. Nice. So just straight. Well, Maura, you and I have talked about French 75s quite often on this show as being one of our favorites. I also feel like that's also a great either morning or afternoon drink yeah. for me, a daytime drink. So I I could see that being on one of the daytime lists. It's really an any time of drink mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. Well, I think if we at Heritage Distilling do our job right in the next three years, maybe on one of these lists we'll see shots of BSB. There you there go. There we go. Right? <laughs> I know I'm surprised not, not shots of anything. Maybe they only put mixed cocktails in here because I think you're right. I think the late night would have shots on it if that was <laughs> an option. Yeah. I bartended in the height of like the Jaeger bomb and, and oh yeah, to walk a bomb days. Oh, yeah. and I'm Socky glad. Bombs. I'm glad that that went <laughs> yeah. away. Yeah, <laughs> those are no good. You ever Dissipated. tried Jaeger? You ever tried Jaegermeister with Red Bull? Yes, yes. It's too much sugar. Sadly, how's that? <laughs> oh my gosh, too much sugar. <laughs> and then even around the holidays, we would do something at my work called Jaegnog, and we would mix Jaeger and eggnog. Ah. Not nearly as good as whiskey yeah. or rum. Yeah, that hurts me a little bit. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I was not surprised, Mara, that you responded that, yes, you'd had um, Jaeger with Red Bull. <laughs> I was surprised that Lydia responded yes as quickly as she did. Oh, yeah. Oh, don't. Yeah, don't worry. I went through, uh, I went through those years. Days. Exactly. Well, um, and there was a point in time before I like realized how bad it was for you. And I, and I was working, going to school full time where I lived off Red Bull. I just drank yeah. it like it was nothing. and. Now I don't think that's such a good idea. Now we've, now we've learned maybe a little <laughs> bit more about the, the health effects of it, but yeah. <laughs> well, we talked about it earlier in the show coming up on Cast Club Radio, Mike Modello of Sea Bear Salmon. Uh, he's going to join us to talk about the new partnership with Heritage Distilling, the launch of brown sugar bourbon salmon. It sounds so good. We'll talk to him next on Cast Club Radio. Club Radio right now. We are joined by Mike Mondello, president of Seabear Smokehouse. Mike, how are you doing today? 
I'm doing great, thanks. How are you? Excellent. Well, we're doing especially good because today is the launch party of the collaboration between both Seabear and Heritage Distilling. You guys did something pretty darn cool together. You want to tell us about it? Sure, I'd love to. Yeah, we're really excited about it ourselves, and we've been waiting for this day for a while. So we uh, reached out to consumers across the country last year and put a bunch of ideas in front of them of different flavors and different ways of coming at smoked salmon. And one of the best uh, scoring ideas out there was to do something with bourbon. And so we were all fans of Heritage before we ever talked to you guys. And uh, you're three hours down the road from our smokehouse, so we figured we'd reach out and (laughs) found you guys and and, uh, started the discussion. And it's been a fabulous partnership since. And uh, we went through a number of different iterations on the product, but uh, finally ended up with the BSB brown sugar bourbon smoked salmon that we're launching today, and uh, we're really thrilled about it. What about those two flavors go so well together? Well, smoked salmon can often be really tasty with a sweet note on it. And if you were to, you know, taste people who've made smoked salmon in their backyards kind of thing, a lot of times they'll use brown sugar and maple syrup Mm -hmm. and those sorts of things often. Um, And so a sweet, savory smoked salmon just starts out as a really good idea. And the bourbon background note that's there just gives it a little extra something. And so I think it's really a perfect, perfect marriage. It's not meant to be, nor is it a an in-your-face kind of bourbon flavor or uh, overly sweet flavor either. It's just meant to be subtle background notes, and, and that's what we love about it. it. It gives that sweet, savory combination, but in a subtle and, and somewhat complex way. Well, we're looking forward to people getting to, to try it today out at the launch party, although this is just one of several flavors that you guys are rolling out right now. Will you tell us about the other ones? Sure. So there's four items in the line, and um, the BSB brown sugar bourbon is kind of the lead item. And then uh, with it is the beer garden smoked salmon, which we based in a craft beer, and then pepper and smoke to be a hearty kind of smokehouse flavor that goes great with a craft beer. Uh, The third one is what we call garlic lovers, and Mm. being a good Italian boy, I'm a big (laughs) garlic lover myself, so we we made that one with, uh, we brine it with garlic, we then baste it with a garlic olive oil we make in-house, and then we top it with minced garlic uh, all prior to smoking, so it gives a wonderful garlic flavor. Uh, It's not overpowering, but you can smell it and you know it's garlicky. It's really a a neat flavor. And then the fourth one is a traditional, so that's a simple recipe uh, and something that just allows the, uh, the salmon to shine through and be the hero. Oh, that sounds all all delicious, all mouth-watering right now. Well, Heritage has a great story on its own. Their motto is, every spirit has a story, and I love their backstory. Sea Bear has a pretty incredible backstory as well, rooted in the local community here. Will you tell us a little bit about how Sea Bear got started? Sure. It was, uh, it was a long time ago, back in 1957. Uh, a gentleman named Tom Savage was a, a local fisherman, and I, I never met Tom, but I met his wife back in 1996 when I started with the company. And he, she told me about him. He was uh, one of these guys who's kind of a, you know, you never know what he's going to do. He's always tinkering <laughs> with something. And he came home one day and just decided he was going to start smoking salmon and selling it. And she told me the story in 1996. It, it was a long time after he did this, but he poured concrete over her tomato plants in the backyard oh, no. uh, to build the backyard smokehouse and she was still angry as she told the story <laughs> um, 
and and that's how the company started. He just decided he was going to do this, and he started smoking salmon, and he put it in his truck and go sell it to local taverns and restaurants, and that went on for a while. It was selling fine, and I guess tavern owners started saying to him, can you make it last longer? Because they were selling it out of kind of a big old screw-top mayonnaise jar or something on the shelf. <laughs> and so he, rather than preserve it differently or smoke it longer or any of the things you might do, he started inventing and playing around and came up with this idea of the flexible can, which is taking canning technology and applying it to a flexible material, and he actually got a patent on it. And so that turned the company from this backyard smokehouse to one where now he could smoke salmon, put it in this flexible can, which meant it didn't need refrigeration, and so it was super easy to bring out to the San Juan Islands if you were heading there from Anacortes or bring back if you were visiting from the Midwest or the East Coast or ship to a friend uh, or just store in your pantry. And so it was a real game changer on uh, on this great regional food to be shared more broadly. Uh, and that's really how the company started. And then from there, um, it went into uh, a heavy focus on gift because it's such a gift um, orientation yeah. with that packaging. And then uh, from there, we expanded into lots of different self-use items and brought us to where we are today. I was going to say, this is one of my mom's favorite gift items it, because it also is rooted in the Pacific Northwest. So anywhere she goes, she loves to take this to people and people always love to get smoked salmon. It always puts a smile on people's face. So also well, you just put a smile on my face. Oh, good. Okay, <laughs> good. Yeah, she, she's going to be really excited to hear about Me all too. I brought flavors. it back to my family in Colorado because they're right? so landlocked and they love it every time. Yeah. It's something right. really and it special. Really is, it is the iconic taste of this area. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so it's not just a great it's not just a great food, but it really does represent centuries of tradition here in the Northwest. So it does make a fabulous gift. Well, and speaking of local communities and being a huge part of them, Heritage Distilling also does a lot of work and giving back with the military. And I know that Sea Bear does as well. We do. We love this program. We call it Treat the Troops. And one of the products we sell is this pouch of ready-to-eat salmon. It's about three and a half ounce, kind of a lunch size or a light meal serving, right? And uh, flake, it's not a whole fillet. Uh, so we started a few years back with a program that said, if you buy one to send to the military, we'll match it, 100% match. And it took off, and we've donated now, or we've sent a total of, I think it's 22,000 packages uh, to military around the world. And it's really cool. Customers just love the program. They'll, uh, we send them in 60 to a case, so some customers will buy 30 at a time, and then we match it so they're buying a whole case to send to someone. Um, they, can se- they can send anonymously. It just goes to whomever is next on our list, or they can recommend a troop to get it. And we always include a little, um, little note from me in there saying, you know, who donated pouches and, you know, thanking people for the service. And what's been super cool is we get photos back from almost every troop that receives the, the salmon of them holding the salmon packages and kind of enjoying it. And from, I'd say, four or five, we've gotten things like a flag that was flown over Iraq and they sent to us as a thank you, and we've gotten other mementos from different parts of the world. It's a really cool program. Not only do our customers love it, but our employees really love it and uh, take great pride in it, too. So we've been doing it for a while now. We keep trying to grow it and and make it bigger and bigger. It's really a cool thing. 
It's really cool. I'm actually looking at some of the photos right now and, and I'm going to advise everybody to log on to your website and, and take a look because they, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty darn it's really cool. really touching. Yeah. yeah. Well, customers can also order from your website online, but you're available in a lot of different places. Where can people find your products? So our product is in, uh, is in QFC and Whole Foods and Fred Meyer and through a number of uh, New Seasons and PCC and retailers and up and down California. Uh, this new line, we're just now, uh, the official launch date for us is, uh, is actually uh, today as we introduce it at the event. And we'll be rolling it out to uh, wholesale customers or retailers effective immediately. And it's available uh, right now on uh, our website, seabear.com. As you know, it'll also be the uh, BSB brown sugar bourbon variety will also be available in the tasting rooms. And uh, finally, it's going to be available at the Pike Place Market Made in Washington store, which has a whole sort of celebration of Sea Bear Smokehouse in it. So uh, mm-hmm. people can enjoy it right away now in the area. They can enjoy it anywhere in the country uh, through our website, and we'll be rolling it out, uh, as I said, to, uh, to retailers beginning immediately. Pretty cool. We'll make sure uh, people get out to check out. You're headed out. We don't want to keep you too long because uh, you're going to be at the Capitol Hill location helping some people try some salmon today. I am looking forward to serving lots and lots of samples. Love it. Thank you so much, Mike, for taking time to join us today. And for more information, people just check out where is your website? Seabear.com. S-E-A-B-E-A-R.com. Thank you so much, Mike. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Coming up on Cast Club Radio, we're in the thick of March Madness right now. Hopefully your bracket is doing pretty well as of now. But one development coming to March Madness, that is alcohol, liquor-related. It's next on Cast Club Radio. Welcome back to Cast Club Radio. Thanks so much for joining us today. In just a few moments, uh, some great cocktail recipes for you. Some great ones that will go really well with BSB salmon, which we talked about earlier in the show. Want to make sure you get out and get a sample of it today as well. But right now, we're in the thick of March Madness. Everybody in here filled out their bracket? Yes. Okay, good. And things are going pretty well so far? Like none of the, uh, it hasn't been disrupted too much? Uh, no, I, I, I think I'll, I don't know. Not I'm, like I'm last worried. Year. I'm worried. Not like last year. <laughs> last year, uh, I think uh, when Virginia lost last year, most people were just cursing, uh, cursing their brackets on the first day. So, yeah. <laughs> but what about this year is a little bit different when it comes to the beer, wine, spirits industry. We're always looking, of course, for tie-ins with what's going on. There's a little bit of a development in the March Madness world this year. Yeah, last year the NCAA Division I Council at its meetings decided to eliminate the restriction on the sale of alcohol at Division I championships. So you will be able to order beer and wine at March Madness this year. That's awesome and makes a lot of sense, I think. Right? Yeah, it's it's yeah. such a huge event, such a big moneymaker. It's kind of crazy that this wasn't in place before. I know a lot of colleges are reticent about including alcohol sales, but it does seem like things are changing. There are certain football stadiums and places where you can buy alcohol or drinks now. And, yeah, it seems like this this particular sporting event is such a moneymaker for them. Why wouldn't you want to add on to that, add on to the potential? Well, in these regional championship games, whether it's basketball or whether it's the national championship game uh, in football, they're usually happening on neutral 
territory at the NFL stadiums or at city arenas, not on the college campuses. And so that conflict about whether or not you should allow alcohol on campus doesn't exist in True. these specific environments. Mm -hmm. And if you're renting out the space, uh, you want to make sure that you can maximize your profit potential. And, you know, people who are adults should have the right to uh, order food and beverage of their choice. Well, and that choice, apparently, for March Madness is beer. Because <laughs> according to Food & Wine magazine, March has the honor of being the 31-day period with the highest beer sales all year long. Because wow. they, they attribute that largely to St. Patrick's Day and March Madness all falling within that. Yeah. Good, <laughs> good month for beer sales. Makes sense. Yeah. Yep. It makes sense. But it is interesting that wine will be available, too. I wonder how many will partake. I would think so. A mostly I would opt, beer event. I would opt for a nice glass of wine. With my basketball, why not? Cool. When Lydia and I went to a, a UW football game this year, and they do they they do serve beer there, but it is only in certain areas. Yeah. So that was a little bit. We were able to get one before the game, but then we tried at halftime to go to one of the designated areas, and they had actually closed it off. It was full. It was to packed. capacity. Yeah. yeah. So clearly a demand for it, <laughs> and it'll be interesting to watch how that develops over the years because I see there being obviously a demand and maybe them uh, making some other concessions to – to uh, maximize profits, of course. <laughs> Speaking of games, big game coming up this Thursday. Yes. Ah, I'm so excited. I'm trying to like hold in my giddy, childlike excitement for baseball, but I'm so happy it's back. The Mariners, of course, playing this earlier this week, their uh, season opener in Tokyo at a crazy early random time, yes. but uh, you had yep. to get up a little early to watch 16 that 16-hour time difference. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, yep. anyway, exciting. Baseball is back in their home opener pretty soon here at T-Mobile Park. Yep, Thursday, uh, 410 opening pitch, and uh, Boston Red Sox defending World Series champs. And uh, from the Heritage Distilling perspective, we're very excited because uh, out in the pen in center field yeah. next to the Coors Light Rail Bar will now be the BSB Caught Looking Lounge. Oh, Caught Yay. Looking. I love it. That yep. sounds great. Yep. And this so year we've got the BSB Lounge up at club level um, and the Terrace Club level. And now we've got the BSB Caught Looking Lounge out in center field in the pen. Nice. Perfect. Keep and growing and giving people more options to get cocktails at the game. I love it. And this year, is That's it right. the first full season with the cocktail carts as well? Yes. They're going to have eight cocktail carts stationed around the park Love with uh, pre-batched cocktails on tap. Love it. So something to look forward to this week at T-Mobile Park. In the meantime, if you're staying home and you want to make cocktails there, we've got a couple of uh, brand new recipes for you. We do. Uh, we put this these uh, together to pair with the BSB salmon that we're launching today with the folks at Sea Bear. The first one we call the Columbia Cocktail. Get a shaker. Uh, requires um, a dash of aromatic cocktail bitters, two drops of sage spice from a company called Additions, a quarter ounce of raft ginger syrup, a half ounce of lemon juice from a fresh lemon, an ounce of BSB. Put ice in the shaker. Uh, add all those ingredients in, shake it, and then uh, strain it out into a cocktail glass. Garnish it with a fresh leaf of sage uh, or a cherry, depending if you want it sweet or savory. That is the Columbia cocktail, and we tested that uh, with the BSB smoked salmon, and it is fantastic. Nice. Delicious. I like the addition of the sage. That's awesome. 
Yeah. Uh, the other option is uh, vodka and gin based. We call this the Clickitat Daisy. <laughs> this comes out of uh, Clickitat County over in eastern Washington. So in a shaker, a dash of orange-flavored cocktail bitters, a quarter ounce of simple syrup, a quarter ounce of lemon juice, half ounce of pineapple juice, a quarter ounce of our sweet ghost pepper vodka, and three-quarter ounces of our Elk Rider gin. Put that in the shaker with ice, shake it out, put it into a glass, and garnish it with an orange twist. That's the Clickitat Daisy. Ooh, two different options, both pretty a little bit involved, but I love it. They seem like they would be works of art. Yes, and again, uh, we paired them to complement the BSB salmon, so you have a little savory with the sweetness. Perfect, and that's a reminder today, too, to people should get out and uh, get themselves a sample. That's right. You can go to the Capitol Hill location at Heritage Distilling, and then at all the Made in Washington stores, you're going to be able to go sample this all summer long. Love it. Well, make sure you get out there. Check that out today. As always, if you want to check out these cocktail recipes, you can go to heritagedistilling.com. There's past recipes there as well where you can download episodes of the podcast. That's right. If you have questions, you can email us at caskclubradio at heritagedistilling.com. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook at Cask Club Radio. And again, we always ask you to rate us on iTunes. Thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Just hanging out with us on a Saturday. We always love to hear from you, and we'll see you here next week. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Cask Club Radio, brought to you by Heritage Distilling. Check us out on MyNorthwest.com to learn more and catch up on past episodes. Cask Club Radio, brought to you by Heritage Distilling.